and off we go. So it's episode three. You're on episode one and number three. Uh, just doing prime numbers, I suppose, um, of the Full Spectrum podcast. And it's, of course, Rybo bringing, bringing the heat again uh, for the... Th- what are you drinking right out of a mason jar here? Well, that's what I have as cups is mason jars. No, I'm, I'm not I'm not hating on that. That's cool. But I mean, <laughs> that's rum and a fizzy drink that was in the fridge. <laughs> ah, she'd be a pirate's drink. Uh, yeah, rum and ginger ale. Total pirate's drink. All right. Anyway, so you were just saying before we started rolling that you're doing what now? Uh, I'm involved in a sci-fi audio movie. It's all done through audio, and I play Dr. Um, Alfred knox who's a botanist on a civilization capsule that is going light years into the the universe to find another planet for civilization and my character is necessary because i got to keep plants alive and whatnot while everyone else is on ice and a lot of stuff happens and it's a interesting story about artificial intelligence uh and humanity kind of coinciding and how things progress for us. Uh, I don't know. Have you been watching um, Raised by Wolves? No. (laughs) Highly recommended. Uh, It's on HBO Max. Um, But man, highly recommended. It's sci-fi like on a whole nother level, but the, the whole metaphoric humanity that they represent in that show is mind-blowing okay yeah and so this project that you're doing where you're playing alfred this the botanist is this an audiobook is this an animated film like what is it Uh, a friend of mine it's an audio um book i guess would be one way of describing it he has his own channel um uh, studio stargazer and he does things like this all the time and i met him through the yang gang um oh, he yeah. is no longer he's no longer associated with that he kind of feels like me where it's like i liked where they started mm-hmm. i don't like where they ended up and we kind of diverged from that but that's how we met and he's a free thinker he's constantly putting himself out there um in the interwebs with different podcasts and different things and he's into audio design and he creates and writes his own scripts and he wanted me to be a character and i kind of ended up being one of the main characters in the story as we developed it so can i put you on the spot here Mm -hmm. could you could you do the character for for a minute what's 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 this character sound like oh uh the character really i think just sounds like me okay so yeah it's you don't have to like put a gravel in your voice or something you know like no, we just kind of based it off I me. Mean, this is my first time doing anything like this. I kind of wanted to, but there's so much time in between us recording and we're creating as we're going that I felt like if I didn't nail it every time, it would be difficult. So I'm just staying with like my regular voice. I'm emoting and I'm do- like, there's one scene where uh, my daughter who's in stasis and we lose her. And I'm like looking out the ship as like the capsule that has her body in stasis is floating away and I'm freaking out Mm. and I'm pounding on the door. So I grabbed a metal pot and I was literally just going to town on this pot with my hand. And I actually hurt my hand for like three days. Jeez. But you're a mad. 
yeah like going all in it's fun it's, it's it's a new side of me like that i i really have been enjoying and just getting yeah. all into it and emoting and then helping write uh some of the script has been fun cool well that's it's speaking of the future and sci-fi you know involves the future i wanted to talk a little bit about uh to go sort of piggybacking on our last conversation talking about um what the economic systems can look like in the future and what work will look like in the future and what role humanity will play in the workforce. And by that, I mean, no, not the, not the labor, but find some other value add into the workforce, something that can't be replaced by a robot. Like, what do you see? I mean, what I would like to see in the future, you know, is where we're, more inclined with our natural aspects you know a lot of the uh current culture we live in is a lot of constructed ideals of what we're supposed to be doing whereas you take all that away you know the nomadic discovering exploring and you know that imagination kind of led progress i would i would really like to see us being open to that more where there's creativity where that's why i think a lot of people are like the arts and those type of things really come up a lot when you're freed up with time. But um, the space exploration thing, you know, look at the, the bounty of places we can go as technology develops and we expand our reach. I saw, and, I saw this, this line the other day. It was like, you know, super, super sad that people born around this time were born too late to explore the world and too early to explore the universe. Like we're stuck, you know, like in 10 generations, those people, they're going to be in other galaxies and we're just stuck here going to Maui. Yeah, you know, I love Maui, but um, I think, I think we're in a time period. I think about that all the time. Like what, you know, each generation and what their thing was like, what is our thing? Like we're stuck in this quagmire of just a collapsing economic system and society, all these different problems. Like, what are we, I think we're more like, I look at it like we're supposed to be like the awakening generation where we start like taking accountability for failures and making that transition. And it's not necessarily the, the cleanest or the brightest thing, but you know, for the transitioning generation of accountability being like, you know, we got to accept failures, realize that, you know, you can fail, 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 fail 10,000 times for that one success. And it's okay, but you have to acknowledge the failures. You can't just, continue to repeat you know like progress is not always easy and clean and and clean you know progress is dirty and there's lots of uh setbacks along the way but um you know like it kind of reminds me of that that old trope people used to say oh you know thomas edison you know failed ten thousand five hundred times at inventing the light bulb and he only succeeded once like well yeah that's all i guess that's true yeah um the other thing about the future is, I feel like we are living in a time where the future feels like it's happening right now. Like, I don't know about you, but it feels like now is a time of great change. Like, it does feel like we're on the cusp of something, you know, with how much our societies have radically changed just in the last 10 years, really since like, maybe since the social media boom, what's going to happen in another 10 years when we're not that old, you know, like it's going to, it's going to be a very different world very soon. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about this last time with quantum computing. I mean, the last 10 years are going to be a blip, like a microsecond in how 
technology is going to go. It's exponentially rising. Like it, it's not like just this steady curve. It's like just it's almost vertical here soon, like very soon. And that I think that's what you know the powers that be are trying to like manipulate and slow things down and kind of hoard that technology and be like, we're going to like advance like at this curve and we're going to leave these people here. Cause mm -hmm. I, there's, I was watching something the other day talking about like the advancements of what humans have created over time and the people that actually have been able to utilize those creations. Like we have a, a ton of technology that we've already created that people like me and you, we've never even seen or been able to utilize or put to use uh, when, if it's in the health industry, you know, people are getting, you know, laser removal and microscopic and nanotech is being, it's being used by like a micro fraction of society. They're using it to keep themselves looking younger and living longer. We don't, we aren't going to get that right now. Or, you know, video game technology. I can't afford the, the latest AR tech. Yeah. Engineering. Yeah. And I mean, what's, what's going to happen if Neuralink, Elon Musk's newer venture, what happens <laughs> if that really just takes off and is effective and safe and they can, they can prove it. And then at what rate does that get absorbed into society where all of a sudden you go from the, the, the clinical trials to there's an eye, eye chip that you can put in your brain made by Apple, you know, like yeah. how close are we? If you listen to you know, Elon, but of course he's an optimist. His yeah. timelines are usually way sooner than actually what comes to fruition. Yeah. But I have seen like the video on like the monkey, the chimp that's playing Pong. Have you seen that? I think so. Yeah, the chip, he's playing Pong at first with the controller, then they microchip him, then they take the controller away and he's playing Pong with his brain. Oh shit. Right, so oh. they're doing that with the monkey, but you know, you get that microchip into people like, now you're talking about like telekinesis, like being able to talk to people. This is how Planet of the Apes starts. <laughs> you know, the monkeys and they take over. This is so dumb. Elon, you got to stop this. <laughs> oh, Lord forgive uh, me. That's not what he does. Man. Well, I mean, it was a good run. Um, but I mean, yeah. So if you've heard of the singularity, right? The concept of the singularity. Yeah. When yeah, things come sure. together and it's just. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Kurzweil, you know, estimates somewhere in the 2030s, he thought, and, I, you know, he made this prediction a while ago, it's not that far off. And, you know, at that point, it's, the technology can uh, improve itself without the need for human intervention. And at that point, it's a runaway freight train. And then we are, we, who knows what happens? I mean, do the machines become sentient and take over the matrix? Or do we become just really reliant on technology and and lazy like on Wally, -E, you know, and just have garbage planets. We talked about this a little bit today during our uh, writing session for UI86. And I don't think that it's one or the other. I think that one, Hollywood is a propaganda machine, which is utilized to kind of control what we think. And they've been feeding us Terminator and dystopian ideas of what technology and advancement will do. It's always dystopian. There's never a utopian like way of it. And I think that that's on purpose because you know they control us through fear, number one way they do it. But I, I don't think that's how it has to go. I think that there's a just as equal opportunity for it to be where we evolve together 
and we That's benefit each other. You're talking about like the Venus Project, and I know you know. I know you're familiar with the Venus Project because I've seen you post about it before. It sounds like that's kind of where you're going. It's like if we can reach this uh, like harmony between, and, you know, or a balance between the need for uh, improvement with uh, the need for uh, stability, and also harmony with you know the natural surroundings. That's a good idea, but I'm not sure it's realistic. I'm a little, I'm skeptical of that. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm skeptical of pretty much everything and maintain optimism because it's just I get to choose and I choose optimism over pessimism just for my own personal benefit. But, um, you know, looking at it, 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 it's an equal opportunity scenario. And the cool thing is we do get to choose. And it's like, how as a society are we going to choose? And that whole propaganda machine of Hollywood and where they're directing us, that divisiveness mm-hmm. is what's creating the the dystopian society that divisiveness will create that dystopian end game whereas if we were a new unified understanding and we were coming down to like let's erase borders let this ukraine situation like why or why why like you sit down and think about it like watch all why like why because there's natural gas and if russia takes it then they're going to hoard the natural gas aren't we also supposed to be moving in a sustainable energy movement anyway? So like, why don't we just let them have the natural gas, invest their money in sustainable energy and try to go to the moon in sustainable energy terms faster than everyone else instead of killing people and, and, and you know, sending human life over there in a, in a money for paper, in a gamble for paper money, which is really going out of date, like gold standard. Yeah, but it's, it's been, it's been the same for all of human history ever since we were tribal, you know, warlords battling with each other for turf like how do you how do you change that how does the human what causes the human consciousness to evolve you know like you could you could say there's that the old theory about the age of aquarius and there being a horoscopic sort of element to it or is technology going to be that 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 enabler for us um and and is the technology going to be equitable because like you said, with the bioengineering, the rich people get it first, right? At what point do the lower elements of society, the lower rungs economically, at what point do they get to access that technology? Or does it end up like that, like another science fiction movie um, with Matt Damon, I forget the name, but there was the ring up in the sky where all the rich people lived. And then down on earth, it was like slums. Yeah. yeah. It's like, or does it inevitably become that? Yeah, I, I don't believe in that dystopian outlook i i really do again it's the optimism and it's you know just because i choose yeah. to be optimistic. last time we were having the zoom call you said you thought we were already in a dystopia i do and i i, I you know i can have the idea of where we are and i do believe we're in a dystopian society the economic numbers the capitalistic situation the recurring events like you said for since the beginning of civilized time all we've done done is go to war go to war steal beg borrow own create different forms of slavery today it's economic slavery you know all of this stuff has happened but again where you said the singularity where all of that comes to a head i think like we're in that transition period where we have to make a choice Mm -hmm. and we're either going to be going over the top of the mountain and coming down to a new valley and a new future or we're going to get to the top and fall backwards and regress back to mad max and that's that's our decision you know i i think we have a lot more power than they want us to think we do that's an interesting thought because i mean technically there's there's nothing saying that it wouldn't be possible for us to regress and have like a second dark age 
you know, like yeah. the Bridge back in the 1500s. Like, what, what's to say that that's not possible? You know, especially if there's some humongous natural event like a, a meteor that wipes out a chunk of the Earth, or a huge solar flare that causes a uh, you know a big outages and, and grid disruptions. I mean, it could really set us back major. Oh yeah, exceptionally, and those type of things are always on the table. They always have been. It's not like some sort of, oh, it just came out of nowhere. The things that I think are kind of out of nowhere are up to human beings. We throw the, the cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden we're going to hit a nuclear warfare. That's that's something we're in control of that is prevalent with situations that are going on by our actions. Mm-hmm. Things outside of our control, you know, they're outside of our control you know, live with it, learn to figure out how to cope with it and evolve with it. But what we get to choose is really our power. And we've, we are the most powerful thing on the planet, I think, is a unified human race, like an organism, as opposed to an individual or pieces, you know, little rich groups. And you know what, you got to make everybody do mushrooms, then everybody's got a trip, we can all be one. Well, like you were saying earlier, you were saying what's going to help us evolve. Well, that's a theory on what helped us evolve the first time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's true, but it can't prove it's not true. Anyway, um, let's talk about conspiracy theories, because I I get the feeling that you like conspiracy theories and you think about that stuff a lot. I get that vibe. So what is one conspiracy theory that you think is 100% true. Oh, 100% true. Oh, aliens. Well, okay, is that a conspiracy theory though? Not anymore, it used to be. Yeah, yeah, now the the, the FBI is releasing like memos yeah. on stuff and they're yeah. like, you know what? There's shit we don't know about, that's just it. Yeah, okay. that was kind of like, so I guess that was like a softball, uh, get a little more interesting. Let me see, let me run through my Rolodex here. Yeah. Um, currently, I, you know, I think that the, I guess one piece of it would be the COVID scenario and the control and the actual purpose of it. And this might just be me and what I've put together. But if you look at through the history, 2008, the crash, right? The real estate crash and the banks and everything. Guess what happened in 2009 as people were starting to revolt and say, hey, screw you. The banks did it. It's not our fault. We And people started to get together and unify and mm-hmm. like demand change. 2009 happened. H1N1 happened. And they and they, they stopped us from unifying and collaborating. Fast forward to 2019. We're all gathering. Black Lives Matter economic relief, poor man's movement, people are gathering, people are starting to substantially get together and unify to make changes that would rattle the establishment. COVID-19 happens. Are you going where I think you're going with this? Oh, yeah. So, right, let me scrap in. Yeah. So, and if you look back, it's, it's, it's already substantiated. If you look back at 1970, the Nixon regime, in 1994, John Ehrlichman, is in an interview and he says, we knew fully what we were doing. We knew we couldn't criminalize the hippies and the blacks. So what we did is we criminalized marijuana and heroin and Mm -hmm. we used it to 
disrupt their organizations and to vilify them nightly on the news, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They just changed the machinery. Now they're vilifying vaccinated, unvaccinated, and they're separating us because you mandates, you guys can't get together in large numbers unless we say so. But the Super Bowl, you guys can go to the Super Bowl. And this adds yeah. on to that. I'll cut it out here real quick. But the last two Super Bowls, previous to this, no Super Bowl team had ever hosted the Super Bowl. The last two back-to-back have been hosted by not only the Super Bowl, like they didn't attend it, but they also were the champions in the end. Yeah, And that's, that's all monetary. The people that own the football teams are part of the establishment. Oh, yeah, they're all one percenters. You know what we should do? Yeah. We should figure out who's hosting next year's Super Bowl and just bet on them right yeah. now. Well, yeah, it, it, it would be I, – I would honestly – in the history of the NFL, it never happened until the last two years in a row. You, you think that's just coincidence? People don't. And I actually posted about it, and people were like, "Oh, that's a stretch." It's like, is it really though? Because right after the Super Bowl, a coach came out, um, Hugh Jackson from the uh, Cleveland Browns. He was like, "Owner, he told me if I lost games, he'd pay me more." Oh yeah. Well, that's. I think that's a separate issue, but yeah, I mean, it's true that they will. They will intentionally tank because they want to get a certain player. They want to get a high draft pick. I mean, they you know they were saying before Andrew Luck came out of the out of the out of college that the Colts were sucking for luck. You know, suck for luck because they wanted to get him. Um, the conspiracy theory I think is one hundred percent true is that the government killed John F. Kennedy. You can't convince me they did. It's just there was motivation for them to do it. Um, and there was just really weird circumstances with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, what do you mean by government? Well, fair question. I think, I don't know if it was, um, CIA, it was probably the CIA though, because, the mayor of Dallas, his brother was a CIA agent who was involved in a raid in Cuba uh, that had come under poor, bad circumstances and they needed air support, but to bring in air support would blow their cover. And so supposedly Kennedy ixnated it and said, nope, we're not doing that. And then kind of shanghaied the guys who were there in Cuba. And because of that, the mayor of Dallas had their the parade route rerouted because if you look at the route that they went on, they took a detour and it was on that detour is when he got shot from the grassy knoll, you know? It's like, okay, that's just a little bit weird that the mayor's brother was part of that CIA operation. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. president in history. Yeah, I can see it being, when he, I, the reason I asked you, what do you mean with government? Because I'm looking at like the Federal Reserve as well, because he, he went to the silver standard and there's actually money printed on the silver standard for like, a few months and we had exactly and that that was to make a move he made a move against you know if we were going game of thrones terms he made a move against the golden bank yeah and if you you know how depending on what your opinion is they supersede governments Hmm. well they're the lizard people that run the illuminati so i mean come on exactly so you know that's why i asked like what do you mean by governments i think he was he was a brave soul i really like i think what he did my personal opinion i'm a big fan he he shook up the establishment he was trying to shake up the core of what was going on and 
those people that were up, they, they were not, they all got together and he had done it to so many different pieces of it. They were just like, mm. kind of like Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself, you know? Oh Same yeah. Thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. And think about that now. I mean, Kennedy was like, until Trump, one of the, like probably the last like disruptive presidents who was like trying to shake things up and actually make change. Nobody else, everybody's just all milk toast. You know, we can't get Bernie in there. We got to either do a Bush or a Clinton and then, you know, sprinkling, oh, we got Obama there for a while. But even he was not a reformer, you know, like, and then unfortunately we got Trump in who was a reformer, but just not in the way that a lot of us wanted it to be reformed or <laughs> maybe deformed is a better way to say it. But um, so he, he had to go too because he was shaking things up and, and people don't like that, you know? So it's interesting, two different sides of the aisle there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, I'm not a fan of either. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'll probably say that almost every time we have a show. I, 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 I really don't approve of either party system, their angles. I have been a part of the democratic party at times and gone to their conventions and, you know, put myself in their system. And I've actually associated with a lot of Republicans intentionally just to kind of get the other side. Um, but I've never been to like an RNC convention. Um, I wonder what that would be like. Would you enjoy yourself? I wonder. Oh, I think I'd have a great time. I really, I really, I, I like having discussion with people and I find that I, I can do it. I think you would push some of these buttons and they would get angry i think you would be poking the bear you know like boop, boop, boop. well i when i was in iowa for yang to be honest i i got invited to dinner by uh supporters of the orange uh guy and oh, okay. had, yeah oh yeah I, I i don't like saying his name but um you know <laughs> i actually said <laughs> yeah uh I, I call him the painted orange one it's an acronym that says poo that takes um, way too long to say yeah, but um, I sat down with them and I I actually had a lot of good conversations with them for hours. Uh, they they had they kept me for dinner and had tea, but um, I didn't have the issue of the poking buddies because I don't like I said I'm not a Republican I'm not a Democrat I'm I'm a humanist like I don't really care about the issues I look at the situation like I use this analogy with people look there's an oil pipeline right it takes decades to get an oil pipeline started it's not the Republicans and the Democrats that. It's them together pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and then they can take advantage. Oh, all of a sudden we can take advantage of it. So now we're going to use it as a media distraction. But the whole time they've been approving it for fucking years, both sides. It's not one side or the other. They're all doing it. They're just using it to, you know, mentally manipulate us. And the psychological warfare that they've really got laser focused on is really what it's about. It's not about whether or not they made the decision or they approve of it. It's about what they want us to see and what they want us to think is going on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I don't want, I don't associate with either party. I look at it like, you know, I just want what's best for people. It's why I approve of the Venus project. Cause it takes all that shit out of it. It's like, how do we take what we've created, right? This technology and how do we best put it to use for everyone in our future? And it, it doesn't care about money because that's not everyone. Yeah, fuck. that's how you do it. Yeah. Free for everyone. Uh, Free everything. You know, what we we what conspiracy theory do you one hundred percent think is not true? Oh, conspiracy theory that is not true. Um, 
I'll go. I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead. The people that say the moon landing was fake. <laughs> I, I do not think the moon landing was fake. I, I think um, it's kind of it's kind of in the line of like the flat earthers. Like, you know, we we have very reformed, refined, calculated scientific ways of measuring things, viewing things. And, you know, if, if there was any fakery with the astronauts in the space station, astronauts going up, uh, you know, into orbit onto the moon, uh, it would be obvious. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. One, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer in the astronauts. I think it's rude to tell people that put themselves for that work and actually went there and risked their lives that, you know, you're full of baloney. I saw there's a, a video of, I think it was John Glenn punching a dude who was heckling him. I think it was John Glenn. Some, some guy was like, moon landing fake. And he like turned around and clocked him. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. Um, for me, it would be, you know, I'm going to take it on religion here and uh, say that God placed dinosaur bones in the earth to explain his power because I had a, my younger half brother, my, my parents were in a better financial position when he was of age to go to school and they sent him to a, a Christian private school and they sent him home with science books that said this stuff. And I'm just like, like it said that Jesus paying. went to, to school on a Raptor, just like saddled up and well, no, they said that they said that the, the fossils in the ground, they never dinosaurs never existed on earth. He just put the bones in the ground for us to find. To confuse us? Like, eh, let's fuck with them. Let's put some mysterious bones and shit in the ground. I mean, I could go for days on re religion is a conspiracy theory that I don't believe in. That's, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Oh, it is. And, 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 you know, we're going live with this. Like, I, I appreciate the sentiment behind it. Like, I love everything about all of them. Like Confucianism, Taoism, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, Muslim. I mean, you really, Muslims actually a beautiful religion when you read it and you understand like Islam. the metaphors and the message. Um, yeah, Islam. The, the message behind all of that stuff is, is a beautiful humanistic message, but there's story to it, just like the Bible and whatnot that is rhetoric. It's just malarkey, like cool. I understand. Yeah, Scientologist. Huh? So you're a Scientologist. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't like to put myself in labels because I'm chaos incarnate. Like I'm constantly moving. That sounds like a MySpace update, bro. I am right? chaos incarnate. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm constantly moving and shaking with what I like conversations like this shift my opinion. And I like to allow that to happen. I don't like to be structured into something like that, where this is my finite belief. And, you know, I, I believe in love. I believe in, you know, humanity uh, and optimism. I'm, I'm an optimist. I try to be that way. I, I, I do get pessimistic. I have emotions, but I try to like feed you, the Indian analogy. You got two wolves. Which one do you choose to feed? The anger or the love? And I choose to feed the love while I, I still know that this one's here, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. If I have a belief, it's, it's, my two wolves. Interesting. Interesting that so many different cultures had the, the same archetype for a decision between a good and bad, like the angel and the devil on, on a shoulder or the two wolves, you know, like it seems like every society came up with that on their own somehow. Um, okay. What do you think is an underappreciated or under, 
not as well known as it should be conspiracy theory. As well known as it should be. <sighs> I have to think about these things. You'd be well, softball. These I, I'll go. I'll, yeah, I know it's not softball. I'll I'll go with mine. So I it's it's a little spicy, but I think the m most underappreciated conspiracy theory is Building Seven of the World Trade Center. Um, because I, I used to be full on like truth or George Bush put a bunch of thermite in them fucking towers. Um, but also, you know, maybe, maybe it was a, a planned explosion in the towers, you know, by, by the terrorists, but in either case, like I was dead set, like there's no way the two planes brought down those towers because the way they pancaked and reports of explosions in the bottom levels of both buildings, um, right before the, right before the collision. But then the, Building seven was like a block and a half away, it was a smaller, like a seven story building. And supposedly some debris um, landed on it, went inside, started a fire and that fire spread and then the building collapsed. But that building also collapsed at free fall speed. And a building that has had just a, a, an off, it's an office building that has a fire start, doesn't burn hot enough to completely weaken the steel structure. And, but everybody's just like, oh, yep. Uh, oh, that's weird. Uh, you know, I guess it was just part of the, th the thing, you know, but the other crucial aspect of it is the NSA has a huge section of that build or had a huge section of that building. I think like the whole third floor was an NSA office that had obviously lots of secret documents and intel. And I think there was a couple other government agencies in there as well. And it's like, was this a covering our tracks sort of thing? Yeah, um, I think that you're right on that because you look back 1996 there was an attempt on the world trade center and it was like an oklahoma city bomb um they drove the you know gas and fertilizer and tried to and they say that was a test to test the structure but i think actually underground there was a biological warfare facility covid and um that they that hold up under, yeah in, in uh, under, under you're saying under building seven there was a covid facility I think under the World Trade Center, because you, you got to look underground, like so under the World Trade Center, right? These two giant buildings uh -huh. underneath, you uh, think men in black, instead of going in the elevator and going up, you go down uh -huh. to private facility. And then that facility links over to building seven underneath everything. So they had to get rid of both at the same time because you look at it previously, you got the Bill Clinton scenario, uh, presidency before that, Yugoslavia, Herzegovina, uh, Yosevich, uh, uh, and whatnot. Then you have Bush, who hanging Chad's Al Gore and gets the presidency. And the first thing that happens, literally, like the first thing that happens is we get attacked and then we go to war. And the mass distraction machine is yeah. what I see it is. It's well, just a mass distraction. About WMDs. It's like, we know that they lied about WMDs and everybody's just like, well, dang it. You know, it's like, no, like there was no reason to go into Iraq. Iraq was not involved with the bombing of the World Trade Center at all. No. You know, like it, it was a Saudi Arabian who was operating out of Pakistan and yet we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. Like- 
color me surprised when there's endless poppy fields in the Afghanistan and the CIA starts running the world's heroin uh, trafficking ring. Oh, big pharma. <laughs> oh, and you know, you know, Purdue pharma coming up in that time period too. Um, but also you got the situation with Iraq. We gave them the WMDs. So yes, we knew they had them. The smart thing that Saddam did was like moved them. We actually literally, we put Saddam Hussein in power. That was an um, that was an American move to actually put him in power. Same thing that happened in Vietnam. Yeah, didn't have nu- we didn't give him nukes, though. No, so- but we gave him weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then he was fighting he, our he, enemy at the time. Exactly. So then he moved him because he knew what we were going to do because he studied. He was smart. He studied history. He knew what happened in Vietnam. He knew that we took and we assassinated one person, put brothers in power, one brother decided to not follow our lead. So then we went to war and that, and it just did all that haphazard bullshit. He knew how we operated. So he was like, I'm not holding on to this. This is a freaking, this is a ticket to invade me. And we did it anyway, because we're America. And those type of things, I get kind of wordy about it when it comes to that stuff, because there's so many instances where people just keep taking what they're being fed, even though they go... They've seen the post with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, two of Hollywood's most trusted actors. And they tell you on video, and we pay millions of dollars to go see it on the big screen. This is the truth. This is what happened. And then we're like, hey, send my kid. My my kid's going to be in the military. I'm so proud of him. It's like, no, I'm not proud of Those folks probably didn't see the post. But yeah, I mean, ignorance is bliss. It's like, you know, the movie Spotlight came out and showed how in the Boston Archdiocese, like 1,300 kids had been, you know, young boys had been molested by this, like, you know, group of priests over the span of 20, 30 years. And they uncovered it, wrote a big expose, and it was a big thing. And then now, oh, whenever the Pope says shit, oh, what did the Pope say today? Oh, look, the Pope, some kid took his hat. Oh, that's cool. You know, or like, when the Panama Papers came out and the Paradise Papers showing all these corporations and all these wealthy CEOs were hiding millions and sometimes billions of dollars offshore to avoid paying taxes on them, including the politicians that we're supposed to have faith in, you know, including the uh, celebrities that we supposedly worship, you know, that we look up to and want to be like. And it it's a, goes through the news cycle for a week and then we forget about it. We go yep. back to watching the movies. Yeah. And it, it, it's really, it, you know, I have to give I have to give props from an intellectual level to the establishment for being so elite at the way that they 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 orchestrate things on that level. Ironclad. They, I mean, they've got it down so well that you can't really except for I don't I don't see a very straightforward path to being able to combat it. My biggest thing is this, like what we're doing right now, figuring out, and that's, I think, segue to something I know you want to talk about, Joe Rogan. I feel like that is exactly why he is catching the flack he's catching right now is because he's got, he's got a following that's bigger than the news. And they're like, oh my God, because I mean, why are they mad at him? He he does what we're doing. Don't listen to me. I'm just a nobody. I don't have a degree. I'm giving you my opinion and I want you to formulate your own opinion. They're the fucking news. 
They're the news, supposedly factual, and they misinform you every single day about almost everything they say, and they mislead you. The uh, issue, I've, I've done a lot of research on this subject, like the biggest person that steals your private data, it's not Facebook, it's not Google, it's the media. The media takes your private information. They are the number one hoarder of private information in the world, but they're but they're busy. Just like when you asked earlier about like, what do I mean by the government? What do you mean by the media? What is the media? CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all owned by the same people that own those NFL teams we talked about earlier. Okay, so you're just talking about the the upper you know one percent in general. Media. Yeah, I don't. I, some people have referred to them as the Illuminati, the establishment, the one percenters. Uh, I don't really know what I would refer to them as. I don't think I've given them a name because I think they're even more occult than what we establish them as. There is a finite group of people that are doing this. I mean, that have the ability to live beyond anything, any rules. Jeff Bezos tore down a bridge so yeah. he can remove his yacht. What a fucking chud, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, so that, the Joe Rogan, it seems like such a distraction because it's like, there's so many important news stories we should be looking at right now. Like there's yeah. a podcast I was listening to and they're talking about right now, there was a, a story just put out about how the NSA was found to have actually illegally collected data and uh, stored phone records, actual call logs, all this stuff. And in against the, the way the FISA courts have set up how they how they're allowed to do that and nobody was reporting on it but and yet every single outlet has to have three stories about joe rogan said this joe rogan's episodes taken down joe rogan's a racist joe rogan's a misogynist and the other fucked up thing is so the the video of him saying the n-word a bunch of times that was not that did not look good you know that was not a good look i mean it's it's all out of context but still i mean you know that's that's a lot of times to use that and he does have people on there who have contrarian views and views that are, do not go along with the current, you know, dogma about what is um, allowed to be true, right? And you can't have discourse about anything that doesn't follow with the, the main narrative. If you're not with the narrative, then you are silenced. You can't, you can't talk. That's why they don't like a lot of his episodes. And I, you know, it's, it's, he's, look at, look at Howard Stern. So Howard Stern uh, if you look at some of his old stuff he did back in the day, he did blackface. He used the N word. He used he used the F word. You know the three letter F word a lot. Um, He's the most inflammatory person. Yeah. Minus now not minus actually I wouldn't say the most. I would say that Rush Limbaugh, who got the freaking Medal of Freedom, was the worst. Yeah, and he got the Medal of freaking Freedom. But yeah. Did anyone cancel him? Silly. But now but now uh, Drew or not uh, Howard Stern is very liberal and he's like very with the mass mandates he's very with anything that all the cdc says and it's like why isn't he getting canceled for doing blackface why isn't he getting canceled for all the and but joe rogan gets piled on it's like well because howard howard stern is you know ironically now like just towing the line you know it's silly he went andrew yang on it um but uh you know he sold out uh and you know for whatever his own personal benefit he's doing pretty good living off that really? dollar and that serious fm money Dean's book right now it's it's pretty good so far no don't get me wrong the second book. you can you can say a lot of good stuff and you can have this intention but 
are you aligned with your values or are you aligned with that's going to put you in the limelight? He aligns with what puts him in the limelight. Well, but he has to, because he's, he's a nobody, you know, he has to get name recognition. Like it's, okay. I think that's kind of, that's how you, you know, that's how you play the game. Let's talk about Ukraine. Let's, because we're talking about uh, wars and shit like that. So it seems like things have cooled off now a little bit, you know, um, we thought the, it seemed like the other day, like it was about to pop off over there, you know, and I think there's still a lot of tension, obviously, but I mean, from my understanding, there, there's, it's kind of a tricky thing because the U.S. wants Ukraine to become part of NATO potentially, and the Russian doesn't want that. What do you, what, what do you know about the situation? Uh, conspiracy theory. Um, I think that, that Vladimir Putin is lockstep with the United States. Whoa, okay. I don't think, I, I think it's a, a Tupac Biggie scenario where they want you to see it this way, but it's really not that. Are we Biggie or are we Pac? Uh, I don't know. Whoever gets killed first, I guess. <laughs> um, first. And Tupac died first. Biggie died afterwards. Um, but, you know, they actually opened for each other in the beginning oh, yeah, of their... Friends. Yeah. yeah, they were super good friends. And then all of a sudden they split to West Coast, East Coast. They became famous when they created the interaction between these kind of crazy to think about that like you know today's raps is so tame like in the 90s two of the biggest artists in the game were trying to kill each other like nowadays it's like twitter beef you know like you guys are salty well that that, that's a whole nother conspiracy (laughs) like i think that that was orchestrated by the cia the whole biggie tupac thing completely 100 all right that's interesting we could go we could go down there a ways Whole other episode. <laughs> What's going to happen with the U.S. and Russia? Are we going to be getting into fisticuffs or what? No, I don't think so. I think that it's a, it, it's just more distraction. They do not. Is that really Ukraine? Okay, other side of the globe, little tiny chunk of the freaking world that has natural gas that has constantly been argued over and whatnot. Is it really? what we need to be focusing on or should we be focusing on the fact that oh by the way cbda and cbga are more effective than the vaccine or bgs huh were they part of the bgs no they're part of the cannabinoid system and and the endocannabinoid system which governs our immuno uh, our body on every single level that you can effectively we effectively know about um you know, or should we be focused on the fact that we have homeless veterans and people on the streets that are being hurt by this economic struggle because our capitalist society has not only failed once, twice, three times, four times. We're on like exponential numbers of capitalism failing over the last 40 years. It hasn't just failed once or twice. It's failed multiple. 2008 was like the third time it had crumbled. Now we're going over it again and again. And well, but I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that it crumbled like it was a recession. You know, we've had recessions and depressions, but I can't think of a capitalist society that is completely crumbled. You know, some have been maybe overtaken militarily by others, but um, I can think of a couple like 
you know, uh, communist China, communist Russia, or I guess socialist Russia, like that didn't go so well. Um, I don't know. Well, look at it like this. People like my uh, half-brother, he's 22 this year. And he's not even remotely thinking about having children because he can't afford it. And there's no future in which he can't afford it because it costs a half a million dollars plus to buy a crack house, which you know, cause you're a real estate agent. Like, and in our area, literally there's crack houses that are more than $500,000. Hey, where are you shooting this video from right now? A house that you sold. Yeah, and that you own and did not cost half a million dollars. It's not a house, it's a townhome, it's a, it's a condo. It's property. It is, and I'm not going to get too far into where I believe this condo situation is. Well, yeah, that's but, a story. Yeah, so it, I, I lucked out uh, by getting in a few years earlier than now, but at the same time, there's a lot of downside, and the reason it was priced affordably is because of the situation, 100%. And there's other, con- this whole block is riddled with the same problems that I'm dealing with today. Yeah. Um, but if you want a place that doesn't have these problems, like literally, like there's a, there's five houses because we've been looking and just to see what the price range is and what we need to get to financially, half a million dollars plus, otherwise you cannot buy a house. You're looking at town ho- uh, condos that are like 700 to 800 square, th- uh, square feet and you're paying 250 to 300 for those. That's a lot of money for a small situation. Now you want to have a baby. You want to have childcare. Average cost of childcare per month is Mm $1,100 per month. Average rent per month, $1,400. Now, if you make minimum wage, you only make $2,000. So literally every month you're in debt before you even pay your rent and your childcare. So people are looking at the world from a point where like, I don't want to reproduce. I'm having a hard time going pay to uh, paycheck to paycheck. I don't have time for my mental health because not only is it hard economically, we have to deal with COVID, pandemic, uh, world warfare possibilities, all these mental stresses. It's one of the hardest times in history. And I'm comparing this with the Great Depression. 100 percent because i can't can't agree when we're sitting here on a computer and we each have a a thousand dollar cell phone and we you know we i don't know i i I don't think our lives are as stressful as the great depression and i i think if there was somebody who watched this and the odds of this are very slim but if there's somebody watching this who was alive during the great depression they'd be like yeah you don't know what it was like and I, I, I gather that and I understand because I, I do a lot of old folks homes and I try to have these conversations. But the, the fact is, I hope that they understand that things have changed because we have progressed like this exists. This did not exist back then. This computer did not exist back then. This exists. And I'm on like a low form of this. Like I was saying earlier, I don't have the high, not even remotely the highest form. Like the only people that have the really nice shit, there's holographic shit right now. We could be doing this in hologram. That's not true. It is. Andrew Yang actually did one. I saw it on a table and he hologrammed himself in a room. Well, that's some crazy Star Trek shit. And well, speaking, of, speaking of the economy, you, you had mentioned you wanted to go over those economic numbers with the, oh, the yeah. info from uh, Goldman Sachs. So I've got the uh, the thing here. 
I'm gonna share my screen. Yeah. All right, can you see this? Yes, I can. Okay, how do I, I don't know how to do presentation mode or whatever. Uh, see, I change the view. I don't know. You can uh, just know if you need. So uh, let's see, this one was uh, sort of interesting. Inflation, inflation, as we saw, like 7% December, 2021, that was, that was rough. Um, GDP year over year from 2007. So it was pretty stable for most of like after 2011. And then obviously took a dump right there in COVID and then rebounded, got shot way up, which is really interesting. Um, median household income actually went down in 2021, which makes sense because you know how many people were out of work temporarily or had their work situation changed. But it's interesting because while the, the wages actually went down a little bit, we had that 7% inflation. So the average person in the United States got 7% poorer last year, mm. which really sucks. Unemployment rates are back down to where they should have been after they spiked. Um, home ownership rates is interesting because we saw up here back in like 2003, it peaked up there right at about 69, 69.5%. And then a steady decline all the way to 2016, basically, when it reached as low as 63%. And I mean, that's only a difference of, you know, 6%, but that's pretty, pretty significant. And then shot up last year, as we saw what happened with the market. How about this one? I thought you might think this one's interesting. Share of people who are a little bit younger than us who live with their parents. What does this say to you? It says exactly what I was talking about earlier. Like, why are you trying to have, like, do, do you think you can have a kid if you're living with your mom and dad? Free babysitting. Yeah, we, yeah, free babysitting. <laughs> but, and, and, and don't get me wrong, because I think if we change our mindset, yes, that's dope. But the way that we're raised and the matrix that we're in, the way we're designed is to be able to take care of our own situation. And once upon a time, you could, but things have changed so drastically, not only technologically, but economically, as these numbers obviously show mm -hmm. that we don't, we're not programmed to feel like we can actually produce and take care of and be independent. And these situations mentally and psychologically are affecting our future in ways that we're not really trying to put a finger on. Yeah. How about home prices? You can see it kind of is jagged because it goes up in the summer and down in the winter. Yeah. It bottomed out here in 2012, but then <laughs> it was pretty normal for most of these years and then just went cuckoo, just crazy yep. right there. Yeah. You loving it though. Get that. I mean, it's not bad for me, but it is bad for me too because, you know, like I, I'm somebody who needs to buy a house and, you know, I, I don't want to be paying, you know, exorbitant prices. Yeah. Uh, annual appreciation. So you can see the it averages out around 4%. If you go back long enough, this is back all the way to 90. And there was this stretch here uh, from like 06 to 11, when there was the only negative appreciation. Other than that low, I mean, 12.2, 11.5, it's, it's, it's 9%. Pretty, it's pretty stable. Uh, let's see, 98% of zip codes, according to the zip code house price index, had a positive price growth over the last year, meaning homes were, got more expensive in 98% of the country. Yeah. Home appreciation. 
Here it says annualized home appreciation for the U.S. 18% annualized over the past six months. So if it keeps on on that same path for the next six months, which it doesn't seem to be, but if it had kept up, that's 18% over a year. So here's the housing affordability, which speaks to what you were talking about. So the higher up the, the, it goes, it's actually more affordable. Um, and here's the, the years. So we saw um, housing went from 2020 to 2021 get a pretty significant amount less affordable, but it was much more affordable here in 2020 than it was back in 2006, 2007, 2008. Like it was really unaffordable to buy a house, but people did it. Which is why that, which is why there was a crash here. Cause down here you see, it's a mixture of they were not affordable, but there were a lot of sales. Lots of people were buying homes. It's because they couldn't really afford to, and they shouldn't have bought, but yeah. the, the credit was free. Yeah, the banks were like, we'll give it to you anyway, because yeah. then we'll just take your house. Oh, you're a part-time stripper. Cool, yeah, you can have a $600,000 mortgage. <laughs> yeah, inventory of single-family homes. Damn, yeah, tiny. That, that's, that's, that, that's ridiculous, mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. and, and, and honestly, that's if you even took Bellingham's worse than that. Yeah, if that's, that's national, I believe. Yeah, so Bellingham is worse than that. Yeah, mortgage rates. If we look right now, the mortgage rates are around four percent, four point two percent. So they're still below the average here. From uh, this this bottom line is the average from nineteen ninety to now. The top line is average from seventy two to now. So the average rate is actually around like six percent. Uh, but we've just been very lucky in the last couple of years with these super super low rates. But it's going to climb back up. Mm -hmm. which is a big bummer. Uh, this one I thought was really shocking, housing versus rental affordability. So we can see that the, the solid line is rent to income ratio, and that's been relatively stable. Uh, it did go up a fair bit. Uh, and then the mortgage payment income, uh, payment to income ratio spiked up in 2006. So that's where we saw like, like an inverse of that other chart where, you know, there was a bubble there because, people were spending way too much of their paycheck. And then now it's actually uh, on average, people spend less of their paycheck on mortgage than to do on rent. Yeah, we, 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 we did. Yeah, that's why we did what we did because it helped us financially. We were paying more in rent than we would in mortgage. Which is insane because it's like, if you're, if you're paying more and you're not getting anything from it, like be just because you don't have good credit, like, oh, you don't have good enough credit. So you have to pay extra and you don't get anything for it. Like, that's really rough. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the, the most important ones that I brought up or that I uh, took from the, the slideshow. That wasn't the whole thing, but that was uh, a lot of it. Yeah. Th there's some stuff about that that I've uh, dove into a little bit recently. Um, Wall Street skews some of those numbers because Wall Street is buying up property at a alarming rate. Um, BlackRock is buying $100 million worth of property a week. That's a lot of money. Yeah, they're buying. And the, uh, this goes into conspiracy theory, the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. Have you seen the yeah. video they posted in 2017? Uh, I don't think so. 
they they took it down very shortly after they posted it but it's this, it's a whole like infomercial on their plan and it starts out you're gonna own nothing and you're gonna like it and there's this guy smiling and he's I just like oh did they actually say those words yeah it's a whole the, you can watch google it there's a video people cache the video and they have the actual video about that in a bunch of his videos lately where it's, it's like they're disincentivizing ownership which really sucks because like private property ownership i think is a crucial element of like the human condition what makes us human well it, it's the transfer of wealth it's the great transfer of wealth as those charts just showed what was your best way of financially stabilizing an investment was buy property buy property it'll go up steadily it's very steady it continues to increase and you you, you grow your money that way mm-hmm. well after the 2008 bubble the powers that be and these Wall Street people realized, well, we can take that from them. So now they're buying it all up and you're not going to be able to afford it because they're like, you can see it in this market right now. I know you can because there's people that are just coming in and cash offering 20, 30, 40% above asking and they're blowing people out. Yeah, but that's not BlackRock. That's just individuals doing silly things. True, that have money. And I'm not saying BlackRock. I'm saying that's one entity within a global organization uh, of rich. Way, like that's kind of a transfer of wealth too, because those people that are doing that are often boomers, right? Older people. And they're buying these houses sometimes from Gen Xers, sometimes even from uh, millennials. And that that inflated amount is, is then transferred onto the next generation sometimes. But yeah. either way, like there's going to be a massive transfer of wealth from the boomers soon. Yeah. And then as that happens, you see then be converted into apartment homes. Then they take their land and they subdivide it into communal living so that they can jack up their, gener- their, their monthly income because they're doing multiple homes and renting it out as opposed to having, because there's a, there's a finite amount of land, kind of like there's a finite amount of Bitcoin. There's only so much land that can be lived on. That's why right? people are now buying land in the metaverse. Uh, don't, yeah, yeah. So- you know, and I, yeah, I'm going to go spend a million dollars in the metaverse on a piece of land and put it like a, a, an ape that I pent, you know, a NFT ape that dances that I spent. And it's like, as opposed to what, I don't know, helping out like humanity and, you know, doing something right. Yeah. But this situation is, it, it's dire and it, it's making things, you know, if we're going to live in an economic structure and a capitalistic structure, which I don't believe we should, I think we should start to reinvent that and, and progress and move forward, as we like to say here, um, because you can't get stagnant. It, 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 it dies off. It doesn't, it doesn't continue to work. And I think we're at that tipping point where we've got to figure out something new because this is, this is getting weird. Like, like you just said, metaverse, people are buying metaverse land when they can't afford to buy their own land and they're renting at prices that are higher than their mortgage well, and the numbers don't make no sense. Think about some of these people who are making buku bucks off of NFTs and crypto. And a lot of them are young people, you know, who invest relatively modest amounts of money and they get 10, 20, 100, 1,000 X gains, you know, and may becoming millionaires uh, from Shiba Inu, you know, or selling NFTs online. And it's creating all this wealth in, a, in, in the lower, in the younger generations. You know, it's where I think we're seeing a massive transfer of power in a way and authority because of the amount of wealth that's being accumulated in this new generation. I think that's being 
portrayed that way, yes. But you have to understand, there's only so many of those people. There's only a couple. Like you probably, I bet you if you look at the people that are trading in that space, probably what, like 100 people that have a thousand X. Not, not, not that, more than that. Well, you're, you're talking about making trades on a second basis because those things are so volatile. Like, cause I'm part of it. Like it's, it's a volatile. Right, but I mean thing. like people who, who bought a bunch of Shiba Inu like two years ago, you know? And oh yeah. Then, and then, and then now it's like 40 cents and they're like, my $200 turned into $2.4 million, you know, like. Well, first off, Shiba Inu isn't even a penny yet. Just throw that out there. Well, so yeah, people Doge, 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 whatever, you know. Yeah, just so they don't think we're crazy on here. Like, no, uh, Doge, Doge went up, but then it, it came down. Everything's all crazy right now. But, um, you know. That whole conversation is another one. Um, yeah, but, but there is a opportunity out there. But again, I think it's represented in one way when the reality of it is there is a small subset of people that have elevated their financial status through this opportunity. I think that as we continue, that is going to grow because I see crypto continuing to change the entire way we look at the world and like you said technology exponentially going to go this way and crypto and blockchain is a big part of that um i believe that there's other ways we should be looking at it like we're looking at blockchain and focusing on crypto and fucking nfts and monkeys and shit when why the fuck are we not taking blockchain and creating a voting mechanism well i'm sure somebody is but the government isn't and we're not used like by 20, it, it, we have all this stuff going on, but by 2024, the government's not going to allow us to have a blockchain voting mechanism to allow a hundred to, to allow 90 plus percent of the country to vote instantaneously, which is completely technologically possible without any interference, no hanging Chad questions. It would be completely traceable. All that we have that. And the technology exists, but we're focused on focus on this a, a distraction. Focus on the crypto. Oh, pay this. Yeah. So I listened to this podcast earlier, and they were talking. They have a science guy that always talks science stuff, and he was talking about uh, fusion. And there's been a couple developments in the in uh, fusion power because you know fission of slamming atoms together and having them break apart, creating energy for nuclear reactions. Like that's been done for a while, but we haven't been able to really do fusion. But supposedly there's been a couple of big breakthroughs in the last few weeks where they've been able to create this plasma fusion um, or fusion plasma. Uh, and I, I'm going to butcher the, the explanation of how it works, um, but supposedly it is a self-feeding system. So it's technically free energy um, because it, it captures the, the, off, the uh, off gases or something. I don't know exactly, but it's free energy. And he was saying it could be possible that in 10 15, 20 years as this energy source revolutionizes mankind because it's unlimited free energy that we can then scale it down. And there's no reason why, you know, in terms of physics, you couldn't have a small fusion reactor the size of a chip that is on your phone and that that chip could power everything on your phone just from that little thing. And you don't need batteries anymore. And then what happens with our cars? What, I mean, that would ultimately revolutionize humanity exponentially overnight. Yeah. And I think that he's making that judgment off of preconceived notions of advancement. 
the quantum computing advancement, like we take our problems currently and we run those through supercomputers. Those supercomputers can solve a problem in this amount of time. You give that same problem to a quantum computer yeah. and it's this amount of time. So these problems that he's looking at, he's looking at it as if a supercomputer is going to solve it. But we're not going to have supercomputers solving it. We're going to have quantum computers solving it. So that growth and that rate of 10 to 15 years now becomes like three to four. That'd be cool. So yeah, yeah. And and that's why I'm saying in the next, like it's going to be such a vast by 2030, if it's allowed to transfer from the establishment to the people, and that technology growth is allowed to be shared in abundance. The, the the place we can go is amazing. It's just do where we, where do we choose to go? Like we're 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 arguing yeah. over archaic ass shit like racism. Yeah. Like really. Well, we're like, still just we're still just you know monkeys with less hair. You know that's all we are. No, less and less every day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it looks good though. Uh, um, okay. I want to finish off with some word association. So I'm going to say a name and you give me the first thing that comes to your mind. doesn't have to be one word, but just a brief thought that comes to your mind. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Joe Biden. Balls. Donald Trump. Dick. <laughs> Elon Musk. Awesome. Joe Rogan. Mm. Meathead. Uh, Dr. Fauci. Nazi. Ooh. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Female dog. Andrew Yang. Lax integrity. Man, that's rough. LeBron James. Complex. Jay Inslee. Hmm. Politician. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Imaginative. Terrence McKenna. Thoughtful. Dave Chappelle. Goat. Bernie Sanders. Old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Electoral College. Old. Democracy. Broken. Spotify. Mm. Integral. CBD. Essential. Essential. All right. I figured you'd say something like that. So, okay. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to cover, Ryan? Uh, you know, no, I just like the conversations. I like being a part of this, having dialogue, expressing yeah. opinions and uh, letting our inner Joe Rogan's uh, yeah. talk, uh, you know, about things and letting other people get their own opinions, throw them at us. And hopefully nobody thinks that we're, you know, go to people and they're not going to try to cancel me or put me in the news. Cause I'd hate to be a distraction from what you should really be focusing on. 
And, uh, you know, I'd hate to distract you from what's actually important. Yeah. And uh, if you have anybody else that you want to invite on, we could have a three way, you know, not that. <laughs> Don't you tempt me. I got a few people I'd love to have a three way with. I'm Do sure we have to talk? We should rephrase that a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No, I've got some people. Um, we'll talk about it uh, later. Um, I got some people that'd be great, depending on your topic uh, and subjects. I, that would be totally fantastic to get on here. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks All for right. coming, Ryan. Always, man. You take care.